Can you hear me? Well done. Um, just wonder if uh, we could get Penny up. She's going to read to us uh, from a passage of Scripture. Thanks, Penny. By the way, if you're new here, my name's Neil. I'm pastor here. And lovely to have you on this long weekend. Good to see you out and about. <laughs> but not too far out and too far about. Okay, Penny. <laughs> you need a microphone. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your eyes on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. So put to death the sinful, earthful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater. Idolatra. That's a hard one. Worshipping things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behaviour, slander and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like him. This is the new life. It doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilised, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in us all. Since God chose you to be the holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourselves in tender-hearted mercy, Kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe clothe yourselves with the love which binds us all together in perfect harmony and let the peace that comes from Christ Rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, Do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Amen. Thanks, Penny. Don't you find the uh, scriptures so comforting and challenging at the same time? Just as you hear those things, it's just just lovely. So we'll be just, uh, every week, um, I'll be getting something read out just for us 
Um, it's something that I I just love to see and hear more of, you know, just the scripture. So often it won't be related to the message at all, although everything's connected, right? Um, this is how we grow through the Word of God. There's no other way. The Bible talks about the Word being both milk and meat to our souls. Um, it gives us wisdom, it gives us insight, it gives us understanding, um, and that's what we need to get deep in our souls. So, you know, in this world where we often uh, just lightly touch a lot of stuff, it's good that we just go a little bit deeper into those scriptures and hear them, but really in the end, what it is for us is that we personally should be engaging with the scriptures daily, right? making sure that our hearts are being saturated with God's word because the Bible talks about that as being what guards our minds and our hearts. Okay, That the word is wrapped around our mind, basically. And whenever we need wisdom, the word has it. Whenever we need comfort, the word has it. Whenever we need warning, the word has it. Whatever it might be for our life, it's really good that we get that. So this is going to be part of what we regularly do, just reading passages of scripture, um, and if you, if you feel like you'd like to be someone who reads, please come and see me and we'll, we'll get you up here to, to read something. All right, I suppose we should t- take up the offering before I start. I haven't got no message this morning. Sorry, guys, I haven't prepared you all. Um, if someone could just take up that offering, that would be great. Um, I'll just pray before we do that and uh, then we'll get into my message. Father, I just want to thank you so much for your love. Lord, I thank you for the generosity that you've shown through Jesus Christ. And Father, whatever we give this morning or whatever we've given online, we just want to say this is our thanks to you for what you've done to us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Now, <laughs> what I wanted to talk about today, I suppose the message is a pretty simple one. Um, and this is the message, two is better than one, okay? Two is better than one. We, we all know that to be true sometimes, don't we? Two for the price of one. We get it, we buy it. Twice as much fun, that's awesome. I love that. Um, and it's something that's really, I think, been settling in my heart more and more as, as I've been just watching things develop over the years, that you need people in your life that give you strength, that give you hope, give you comfort, build up your faith. And often what I've noticed is that people that perish, we'll put the word as a perish, or fall away or find life hard, don't have friends. I'm not talking about associates, I'm not talking about workmates, I'm talking about people that they can really share their heart with and actually grow with. Um, I guess you'd probably say the, the deepest form of this would probably be marriage, you'd hope so on earth, that there's two that actually become one, so it's, they are one, the two actually become one. But throughout life, we, we often neglect this thing that we call fellowship or friendship with people. Australia builds itself on this great, proud tradition of mateship. Yet so many people don't actually have that person in their life. And you need it so badly. I know that there's been times in my life where I've just needed someone to stand with me, to be beside me. And there's been a couple of really impactful times for me where it's just so tough, but someone came alongside and helped lift me up. But not only that, helped me celebrate success, whatever it might be, but to actually 
improve my life, my walk with God, whatever it might be. Um, one picture that came to mind was when we were in Tasmania in a place called Cradle Mountain. We went hiking and it was me and my dad, uh, one of my best friends, Chris Erity, and his dad. It's funny because, you know, we're Territorians and, you know, well, summertime's got to be warm, right, down in Tasmania. And so we, we got there and we got all the stuff that we needed for hiking and what we thought we need and we got our runners. Can you believe that? Runners, like mesh runners. And sprayed them with this stuff, which is meant to make your shoes waterproof. And uh, I think it worked. <laughs> Not really. But, you know, we didn't have proper hiking boots and stuff like that. And it was bitterly cold. We set out on the, on the trek. And we were walking from a place called Cradle Mountain to Lake St. Clair. I think it's St. Clair. And um, it was about three or four days. I can't really remember the exact time. But... It was bitterly cold, it was raining, like there was water running down the track. I remember the first hut we stopped in to sort of get something to eat. We went in there thinking, oh, this would be good. There's no fire, it was freezing cold. We took off our gloves, we were going to eat, and we're like, let's just keep walking. We couldn't sit still because it was so cold. Anyway, my friend's uh, dad actually had some real problems with his knees, and we camped over one night, and I'll just tell you this story just because it's sort of interesting to me, but I was asleep and I was just dreaming that it was snowing, you know, like as you do, it's like snowing. And I was dreaming of this snow and I woke up and looked out the window and it had snowed overnight. Summer. Like it was actually, I think it might have been almost Christmas Day, I'm not sure exactly, but it was, it was unbelievable. And I looked outside and there's all this beautiful snow everywhere and everything like that. But as we walked out that day, we were going through this pass and the snow was probably about that deep and <laughs> I fell over at one stage with a big pack on my back. I was like the turtle, you know, with my legs... <laughs> Couldn't get up, that helped me. <laughs> uh, but, but my friend's dad had really bad knees at the time. And I just remember him, him actually sort of saying, just leave me here. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like, just leave me here. And I, and I just remember my dad talking to him and encouraging him through it and, and got him up and he kept going and we finished that walk and everyone was safe. And there's times like that in all our lives, isn't there? where we just need someone to be with us, yet we often don't take the time to develop the friendships that we need so that when there's crisis or, or even to help us succeed, we don't really grab hold of those things. And I wanted to look at a passage in Ecclesiastes about that, about how it actually says two is better than one. Now, we want to put that into the context that's right. Um, they've also got to be good friends, right? Good people. Bible says bad, bad company corrupts good character. Choose your friends wisely. The people that you walk with, and, and like I've shared before, one of my favourite proverbs is about before you choose your path, when you're going on a journey, choose the people that you're travelling with. It's just such an important thing in our life and we need to really think carefully about that because there are definitely going to be times in our lives when we need someone beside us. Of course we need God. We're like, yeah, we need God beside us and that's all I need. But, but the Bible tells us very clearly that we are part of a body, that we're not meant to be isolated and alone and walking a, a path that's just me and Jesus. Me and Jesus, we're good. Um, I don't need anyone else in my life. The, the truth is that your success in life depends on your friendships. Your success in life depends on how well you've developed them. The comfort that you receive in life depends on your friendships. The help you receive in life depends on your friendships. 
The ability that you have to stand against the enemy depends on your friendships. We all need people in our life. And yet, this is one area that we tend to really neglect. I, I, I think we do. Like I said, in a, in a land of mateship, you can find there's many shallow, shallow things. There, there's these people that we have in our life, but then the Bible talks about there's one that sticks closer than a brother. And we could say, yes, that's talking about God. Of course, that's true because we've got the Holy Spirit living inside of us. But what it's really referring to is that there's some people in your life that are actually better, more supportive than even your family. There can be. It could be your family. I'm pretty sure that was meant to be on mute, but it's dinging away. <laughs> New phone, you know, how it goes. So I just wanted us to just turn to that passage, first of all, and, and then start to think about this in the broader context of the church, how, how it how it actually fits in. So let's have a look at Ecclesiastes, if we could bring that one up. Ecclesiastes, is that chapter what? Four? I can't see it from this slide. Four. <laughs> All right. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Keep going. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Isn't it interesting that this is in context of the writer of this book of Ecclesiastes. He's all miserable and upset about everything. And it's just after he had a picture of what life was like when you're alone. And he was saying, you know, there are these people that have no family, they have no friends, and they're working really hard for their money. And, he's, and what his observation was, was that at the end of the life, they're like, what was the whole point of that? There's actually no one I can share this with. There's no one that I can give this on to, and I'm, I'm, and I'm all alone. And he wanted to make the point that, that in life, you are far better off with someone beside you for these sorts of reasons. And this is basically what the reasons are. All right, If I basically broke those down. Number one, you help each other succeed. Have you ever tried to go through life working all by yourself and how hard it is? It's interesting as I even think about this church, like see the tiles on the floor? I know them all by name. <laughs> I, I sat here and I was putting these down and we had a little working bee, we did a patch here, but it's a long job. There's a lot of tiles, I forgot to count them all. <laughs> I know their names, I just don't know how many there are. And there's sometimes that Matt Koenig would just come or someone else would just come and say, Neil, do you need some help? And they'd sit with you and you'd start to do these things. And it's amazing how different that felt. How, how much quicker it went. How much more enjoyment there was in that sort of thing. And you will notice that anywhere you work, like there's some jobs where you get two people and it's not even though the job halves in time, but the job quarters in time. Because you've got these people that can help you lift things and put things in place and go and fetch and do sorts of things like that. And there's this power that comes when we actually work together. Have you ever felt it when you're doing a really, really tough job and someone comes alongside you and says, can I give you a hand with that? 
What a relief it is, right? How, how good you feel, how, how thankful you are in your heart, how much joy begins to well up in you. And while it's really nice that we go to so many funerals, and for those who are older, you'll know the song, I did it my way. That's a common song at funerals. Well, they did it their way, as though they went through life alone, but they might have gone through life lonely as well. Two is better than one because it helps you to succeed at life. In our Christian walk, what does that mean? It means that when we're a bit down, we have someone that can help us go towards the goals that we're going for, to succeed in what we're doing, to to stand with us and help us succeed. Two is better than one. What have we got next? We've got, if one falls down, the other one can pick them up. If you have no one in your life that can pick you up when you're down, you're in desperate need of a friend. You need those sort of people in your life. Two is better than one because if one falls, the other one can pick them up again. How true that is. How true it is that that even in our life when we might mess up with God and we're down and out and we just want to run away from Him and run away from the church and run away from anything to do with God because we feel so guilty and ashamed and someone comes alongside us and says, come on, pick yourself up. You can do this. You have God on your side, I'm with you. Come on, let's pray about this. Let's work our way through this because God has never abandoned you and he wants to hold you close. So two is better than one. When you fall, there's someone to pick you up. When you're a Christian that isolates yourself and you fall, what happens? You lie there. You're wounded with no one to care for you. No one to stop the bleeding, no one to patch you up. No one to encourage you into the truth that God loves you, that he wants to restore you to everything that you need. And it can happen in all parts of our life, can't it? Not just our Christian world, but in other world, in parts of our world where we're just feeling like we've fallen, we can't get up again, and then this hand reaches out, as if from heaven itself. Come on. Let's do this together. Two is better than one. Two is better than one because we have comfort. We can comfort one another in times of hardship. When things have gone wrong, when we've lost a loved one, when, when we've lost a job, when whatever it is that's happened in our life is tragic and overwhelming to ourselves, two is better than one because we get warmth, we get security from those who really love us. A word that is spoken in season to our life in a time of need. How precious, how precious it is. How precious it is. When someone comes alongside us and it's like this healing oil that comes over us, it's going to be okay. It's going to be just right. It's going to be just fine. Let me help you. Sorry, getting a bit teary over this, just thinking of um, <laughs> something I've mentioned before. I won't yeah, I will embarrass Matt again. Matt Francis, my friend, and my sister died. Excuse me. <laughs> I 
But the phone call to him was so hard. I couldn't speak. <laughs> you just remember him on the other end of the line going, what's wrong, mate? I couldn't even say a thing. It took me a while and then finally I could say what had happened. And comfort wasn't just in his words. We had to get my mum and dad's car back down to Melbourne because uh, they were driving down there. It was in Alice Springs. And he just... <laughs> Sorry, guys. Didn't think this would be so emotional. <laughs> he just took time off work like that. Flew down to Alice with me. And we drove that car down together. Bought a great 80s music track in Cooper Petey. <laughs> we lived our glory days. <laughs> Played them way too much. <laughs> but the comfort that you get from a good friend is just being there. Two is better than one because when we have someone who loves us and cares for us, it's not even about what they say, it's the actions that are there, that we just know they're there with us. How important is that we're that person for other people as well? That we take that time to really develop the friendships that we have and value them because honestly in this world so often we're all saying we're time short, we're time poor, we're busy, we're this, we're that and the other and we're neglecting the very people that need our help. We're neglecting the very people that need our love because we're too busy doing something to be somebody to someone. And we cannot afford to live like that church. We are meant to be a different type of community, aren't we? Aren't we meant to be representing God to the people on earth, his love to the people on earth, how community should really be? That we're a group of people so touched with the love of God that we touch others with the same love, that we, that we share our lives with other people, that we give our lives for one another? I don't think that God placed his love in our heart just for us to feel warm. He placed it in our heart so that it could catch on fire, that we might burn and burn for other people as well, to touch their hearts, to live lives that demonstrate God's love. In fact, Jesus said it this way. He said, they will know you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. That was the baseline. It wasn't about the amazing uh, life you live. It wasn't even about, you know, the blessing of God on your life, that they'd see that. It wasn't about the great expository teaching that you might listen to. It was about the love you have for one another. And didn't Paul write in Corinthians about love? You can have all these other things. I could stand up here and speak with the tongues of angels. I could, I could have all knowledge I could give away everything I own. I could be this amazing martyr to the whole world. And he said, if you don't have love, it's absolutely nothing. 
Don't bother. You've got all your reward you have, but when it's motivated and driven by love, that's when we're going to get change. And as a church, isn't that our job to love one another well? Because haven't we got a God to represent? Haven't we got a love to share with the world? How is it shared? Because they see the love we have for one another. And it's time to stop making excuses as to why you cannot have relationship with other people. Is really your grass being mown more important than helping a friend that's in desperate need? Is the business meeting that you're having, that you've had and you've worked 80 hours a week for the last five years of life way more important than bringing your kids up in the way of the Lord? Where's the perspective that we have? What is it that we're holding true to? What is it that we are valuing in our life? What is it that really counts? There's a prayer that I pray over my kids and my family every second or third day because I flip between Ephesians and I think it's Philippians, the prayer. And one of the things that's prayed, it says, I pray that they will understand what really matters. What really matters. That's what we want. Two is better than one because they give comfort to one another. Two is better than one because when there's a battle on, they stand with you back to back. When you're fighting for something, you need someone on your side, don't you? You need someone that's there to protect you, to guard you, to hold fast with you, to fight against things with you. The Bible talks about it as being a very powerful thing and it talks about um, how one can put, I can't remember the exact numbers, but (laughs) 30 to fly out or something and two can put 10,000. That there's this exponential power that, that when we come together, when we're in unity with one another and two is better than one because what happens is you're not fighting alone. Who knows how weary you get when you're fighting? I don't know if any of you have ever been in a boxing ring. I haven't actually been in the ring. I've done some boxing training and they're like, okay, let's do these exercises. It's three minutes each exercise. And you're like, that's not long. <laughs> you get out there, you're doing the exercises. After three minutes, you're like, nah, that was 20. <laughs> you're so exhausted, you're so tired and, and the battle sometimes is long and you do get weary and you need someone to fight in your corner to be with you and you need to fight for others. You need to continue in prayer for other people. You need to to fight with them, to stand with them, because the power that we have in it, the Bible talks about it, that if two agree on anything on this earth, Jesus says you can pray it, you can have it. There's power in agreement like we would never know. Two is better than one, because you've got someone to fight with you. That saying, I've got your back, That's where that comes from. I've got your back. We need people in our life and two is better than one. And then Ecclesiastes there says there, read the bottom bit, three even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. If you go and have a look at the ropes that you see at Bunnings and that, have a look how many strands are on it. There's three. It's not easily broken, it's strong, it gathers strength. 
And while it says just three there, I can imagine that it's talking about even more than that, the unity of the church. And this is what I just want to speak about for a minute. In Psalm, if we could bring that one up, the Psalm. Psalm 133. That's the whole Psalm, guys. Is it? I might have one more page. Psalm 133. It's a song of that David wrote. It's ascribed to him. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. There's another verse there after that. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life evermore. Now we can read this psalm and we can think about unity. It's not talking about uniformity, but this whole presence that we're working together as a church, as people of God, have you ever heard that word behold before? How's it used? Generally it's like this. Behold the king. Behold this amazing dinner I just made you. <laughs> behold, I cleaned the shed, Joanne. <laughs> yes, I do show off to my wife. Apparently that's a man thing, by the way, everyone out there. We love to do things and then grab our wives to, so they can tell us how good we are. Thank you, wives. Been married for 28 years yesterday, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but behold is something that's great. It's unusual, maybe. It's unexpected. And, and I think that we need to get the whole idea of how amazing that is. It's like, this is unusual. This is amazing. This is different to what I normally see. Behold, how pleasant it is. Can we go back to that? How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That this is something that, is, that we should be ascribing to as Christians because it's something that people don't see. Behold, this church, they walk in unity. <laughs> this is amazing. I haven't seen this very often. I haven't seen it before. But these people are walking together. And because they know that two are better than one and three is even better, imagine a thousand of us walking in that direction together. And then it talks about the oil on the head running down the beard, like the beard of Aaron when he was anointed. That, that in that there's a spiritual blessing that comes upon us. It's like the dew from the mountain that comes down and refreshes our soul. That when we learn to live like that, it's a beautiful place. In fact, so beautiful that we see in that last verse, if we could have that up again. What happens is the Lord starts to command a blessing. The Lord himself. And say, so oh, he gives the blessing. There's something about authority in his voice when he sees the people walking together in unity, whatever it might be, in a marriage, a friendship, a, a family, a church. That God doesn't just say, oh, let a blessing come. There's this authority in his voice. I'm commanding a blessing on that place. And who can stand against that? Nobody. And so it's important for us to guard our hearts, to make sure that we are the right companions for one another. 
And there's another amazing blessing of unity that I just want to point out. If we could go to the, the John chapter, please. John chapter 17, verse 20 and 21. Now I want you to take this very personally. Guys, this morning, this is Jesus praying. Did you know Jesus prayed for you? No, I'm serious. He prayed for you while he was here on earth, while he was walking around. Jesus prayed for you. He's praying now. Absolutely. But to think that while he was here on earth, he'd already thought of you and prayed a prayer over you. Have a look what it says. I'm praying not only for the disciples, the ones that are there, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Is that powerful? As Jesus praying this prayer, this is being prayed over you personally. You, you can actually see what he actually prayed for you. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> I pray that they will all be one just as you or I are one so, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me, and, is there a next one? Have I got another one up there? Yep. I've given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. Again, it's talking about this unity that's there. I am in them, you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them just as much as you love me. Can you see what happens when we walk in unity? That last verse there, what's it saying? When we're starting to walk in that perfect unity, the world is going to see that God sent Jesus. This is about the, the representation of God to the world. They're going to see that, that not only that Jesus was sent by God, but what else are they going to know? That God loves them just as much as how much he loved who? His son. Wow. Come on, can you see how important this is to have unity? to walk together, to walk in that same direction. Because if we want God to be glorified in this earth and we want people to know that they are loved by God, if we walk in unity, what's going to happen? According to what Jesus prayed back then, that when we walk in unity, there are these amazing things that happen. They will know that Jesus was sent by God. We know that, right? For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Is that not the gospel? That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that means that they know they're loved by God as much as he loved Jesus. Is that important? Is that powerful? Two are better than one. But even better than that is when we come together. And we have one purpose. We have one mind and we are working for the glory of God. It's the last verse up, I think. Is it in Amos? Yes. Not there? What's the next one? Have I got one there? That's it? 
Jag måste lätta det här om Peter. <laughs> What do we want out of today? What do you want to take home? If I could say anything to you, and as we see it, that it's a choice that we make, because Paul writes about it in some of his letters when he sees churches that are not walking together. He says, work hard to keep the bond of peace, to keep unity in the church. What I would like you to do, if, if you can, is just go away and think about it. Have I got a friend? Am I a friend? Because I tell you right now, if you want to have more success in life, you need some people around you. If you want success in your Christian walk, you cannot become a Christian and then isolate yourself. You will not succeed. You need to be with people that love God, that talk about God, that encourage you in the Lord, not people that are critical and bitter and twisted, people that are ridiculing God, but those that have faith. You are your friends. Hold fast. Hold fast to that unity that God has given us. We might not all be the same. We're not all uniform, but we know we have the same purpose in life, to glorify God, to grow in our faith, to be men and women of great power and great faith on this earth. I want to encourage you to really think about priorities in terms of friendship. in terms of your availability to others as well. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you are an amazing God. Lord, I thank you that when we gather with you, that there is something that is true that says you are here in our midst. Father, this morning I'm just praying that you would just hold us close as a family. Lord, I'm praying that your spirit would fill us, that, that we would have this spirit of unity in this place, Father, the bond of peace. Lord, I'm praying that as we grow together, that we would be those people that stick closer than brothers. Lord, that give our lives for each other. We just thank you for the blessing of Jesus on the cross. Thank you that because he died for us, our sins are forgiven. And you have showed us that you love us because of that. So and also, maybe there's someone here today who's never actually given their life to God, never accepted Jesus in their life. I just want to give you the opportunity to do that now. I'm just going to pray a prayer. You just pray with me. And then if you just write on your card that you prayed the prayer, you can come up the front. We have prayer time at the end if you want. You can talk to a friend that you came with and just say, I've made this commitment to Jesus. You will grow if you yoke yourself to the right people. If that's you this morning, you're just feeling, I just need to give my heart to him. You just pray this prayer with me and invite him into your life today. The truth is that Jesus died to forgive you of your sin and restore you to a relationship with his Father. So let's pray if that's you. Father God, I'm so sorry I've sinned against you. This morning I just want to welcome you into my heart. Take control of my life. 
I don't want to live for myself any longer, but I want you to be Lord. Come in. Holy Spirit, fill me today that I might know you more. I thank you that Jesus died for me on the cross. He was buried and he rose again. And because of that, I have a victory. A victory over sin, a chance to change my life. Today, I'm just grabbing that. From this day on, I want to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you do want prayer for anything, guys, we'll leave the front open. Um, otherwise, just soak in, in worship. You know, like one of the best times for you is when your heart's already soft before God and just worship. He will just come and place things in your spirit himself. If you want prayer for anything, please come forward. We'll pray. Um, that's it.